Hello, my podcast family. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. I think I I told you that I started this podcast because I wanted to help the caregiving community understand that God's Word um, ministers to us in all seasons of our lives. And it was through really studying God's Word that He spoke to me and helped me through my caregiving um, season. Not everything may directly um, pertain to caregiving, but knowing God's Word, you get to know Him more. And in getting to know Him more, you realize that you can accomplish all that he places before you. And so whereas some of these scriptures, you know, you may not always draw comparisons to caregiving, understand that being in the scripture will indirectly help you with caregiving. So with that, let's start. We are looking at the 12th Psalm and it reads from the New International Version as such. Help Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deception in their hearts. May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. Those who say, by our tongues we will prevail, by our own lips will defend us. Who is Lord over us? Because the poor are plundered and the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. And the words of the Lord are, Lord are flawless, like silver purified in a crucible, like gold refined seven times. You, Lord, will keep the needy safe and will protect us forever from the wicked, who's freely strut, who freely strut about when what is vile is honored by the human race. We have another Psalm of Lament by David. And let's be honest, couldn't we use this same Psalm today? I mean, it's very applicable, is it not? Not only here in America, but throughout the world. At least I think so. I can hear the desperation in um, David's Psalm in this. It's almost as if he's pleading with God to do something. When we compartmentalize the psalm, we see that verses 1 and 2 are David providing an overview or a state of affairs, so to speak. And the state of affairs is for who? They're for the nation of Israel. Remember, David is king and is watching the chosen people of God slowly take on the behaviors and belief of their neighboring nation. Now, is this what God envisioned for his people? Absolutely not. Is this what God envisioned for you and me? Absolutely not. (laughs) But the thing about it is that I think we need to remember is that nothing catches God by surprise. Israel's disobedience didn't catch God by surprise. Our disobedience, our, our stepping out of his will never catches him by surprise. On the contrary, though, he catches us by surprise all the time, doesn't he? (laughs) We are surprised when his grace and mercy are extended time and time again. Or we are surprised when he allows us to experience some of the consequences of our bad behavior, as we see he did with Israel. 
Remember, he allowed them to be captured, to be exiled and dispersed. But even in him allowing that to occur, he promised that he would return them to the land that he had given them. And even when he allows us to go through consequences of bad behavior, being disobedient to him, he still brings us back to who he is. He allows that to occur so that we will realize what an awesome God he is and fall on our faces before him in repentance and just recognize how good he is. So the Lord allowed Israel to suffer the consequences of all of this behavior that David is witnessing right now. Verses three and four are the imprecation of David, him asking God to intercede and bring punishment or or judgment um, to the wicked or the enemies. David was an eye for an eye kind of guy, as was most of the people in the Old Testament. But we're now under the New Testament, right? We don't um, discard the law, but we realize grace and mercy, God's grace and mercy. So we're, we're not an eye for an eye type of people. I need you to nod your head that says, yes, we are not that. <laughs> or no, we are not that. We are a turn the other cheek. And that doesn't mean allow people to walk all over you, but it does mean when you're praying, ask God's will to be done in the lives of those people who are giving you headache. That's all you need to do. And if you could stretch it, you you could ask for blessings. Then you'd be a super duper Christian. (laughs) Um, But just pray for God's will to be done. Right? Because remember, everything God has under control, it's all in his hands. And he has already stated that vengeance is his. So we don't need to tell him what to do with our enemies. We just come in agreement with what his will is for them. (laughs) The next verse, or the next verses are five and six, which is where God is interceding in a sense. God speaks, I mean, not God, but David speaks for God and announces how God will protect the poor and the needy. Um, Could David be acting as a prophet? You think in these two sentences, kind of, or two verses, kind of prophesying what God will do? It's just a question. In the last verse, David ends at a 180 degree um, turn from where he began, right? He started with the problem and now he ends with God, the solution, because he knows that God will do what he said he would do in verses five and six. And because he knows that David can rest. Personally, I think this is a great psalm to be used as a prayer. Faced with the challenges we face today, this can serve as a great template in coming to God and identifying what is going on and then asking for his will to be done in not only our lives, but the lives of our enemies. To remember that God is our refuge and that he will provide and protect us. Once we've done that, then we end with trusting God. I challenge you today to pray this psalm. Perhaps, you know, input some of your own particular concerns for your, for yourself, for your community, family, the church. Address the growing concerns that are erupting all over the world. The lack of peace and harmony, even amongst believers. And then ask for God to intercede. And then trust God knowing that he has and it will come to fruition in his timing. And then go to bed in peace. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for the wonderful examples that you give us in your word 
of how to come to you. You allow us to come to you just as we are, broken, upset at times, frustrated, downhearted, to you allow us to just come to you with the heavy burdens and weights that we carry each and every day kind of fussing sometimes not at you but just over the situation but we also know that part of the privilege of being able to come to you and pray is to also and is to lift up those concerns but also to lift up those people who are maybe thorns in our sides to ask that your will be done and we know that your will for each and every person here on the planet is to come to know you We know that in your season, you will take care of all of the broken pieces in our lives, the things that um, have not gone quite right, the people who have hurt us. We leave all of that up to you to handle because, quite frankly, we have too much on our plates right now. And to try and take on, you know, our enemies and to figure out what needs to happen with them, we don't have the bandwidth. We give that to you, Lord. What we do have the bandwidth of doing is trusting you. And so we place our trust in you today because we do know that you are the God who will keep us safe. We do know that you are the God who will protect us. And we do know, Father, because you will protect us, we can place our trust in you. Thank you for being an awesome God, for loving us and taking care of us. Allow your light to shine in our lives and help us to ever be mindful of your great love. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.